Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of pains about Brandon's works in the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Evgeny. Hi, I am number two this time, uh, which caught me off guard. And so in an attempt to recover, I will examine objects on my desk. I have scissors. Incredible. I'm so glad you're sharing um, this with the class. I also have uh, a thing that I got in the mail that's for, that's uh, it's a jury thing, jury service call. Oh, yeah, I got For that. the previous owner of the house. Oh, that's less good. Okay. Uh, so somebody has been slacking off and not updating his address in the oh, places. That's, that's, that's like real bad. His address. Yep. Also joining me is David. Hi, I'm Windrunner in the forums, and I'm wondering if Argent moved his desk because I don't see the perpendicularity behind no, him No, no, he got it fixed. No, I fixed it. Oh, I fixed it. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Upgrade. out of the spiritual realm. Yeah. Okay, that's also, a relief. Yeah. And also joining us not in a well is Grace. Uh, I'm a gator girl. I don't really have anything interesting plans for today. Boo. <laughs> you know what? We have words of Brandon from DragonCon. Things are happening, and so we got to do that now. And, uh, but before we do that, we do have one piece of news, and that is that White Sand Volume 3 is here on ebook. And I think, uh, no, by the time this airs, it will not be October 1st, but the physical edition is apparently going to be out October 1st, maybe, probably. We'll see. Allegedly. Yeah, we'll believe it when we see it. But Both you know, Amazon and Barnes and Noble list that as October first, so it it feels solid if you can buy the ebook that the release date for the hardcover will be like soon. And some people yeah. have been getting them, like they've been. Some people have received theirs, or they've been showing up on some bookshelves. So they're definitely yeah. out there. Uh, bookstores don't care that much about the the self date for most things. Yeah. So you can finally get the conclusion. Is this uh, the? This is shorter than the break we had between Volume One and Volume Two. I think. I have no uh, earthly idea. Perhaps year and a half. It's yeah. about the same. Okay. Because it I was think, July. Volume, yeah, June. And the year and a half that. labor was February, and then a year and a half later, about now. Okay. Well, we will talk about White Sand with our White Sand crew in those highly viewed videos. Talking about white sand, and we're gonna be doing that next time. But you know what? It's it's the cosmere you're gonna get this year. So there, better love it. Yeah, great. So uh, our last word of Brandon episode, we were talking about the Germany tour, and uh, we got uh, some from some events in Spain, and then we had DragonCon earlier this month, and so that's what we're gonna do. And so we're starting up with something from Madrid. I don't really remember, but it was a while ago. So our first question comes from Diego98. Presumably this is the 98th Diego in the family. And uh, he asks... Lot, big, big families. Yeah. Um, would Laris recognize Vax? Or is it just like some AD backstory? And Brandon confirms that he would, in fact, recognize Vax. This definitely works with uh, my ongoing theory that uh, Ati and Laris went to Vax first, and then hmm. something happened there, and then they went and made Skadriel or something. 
Yeah, this is what like our fourth vax fact of all time. So. Vax fact. Vax facts. It's not a raffle. Vax facts with an X in for the oh, CTS. Yeah, 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 yeah. vax facts. React That's- with our vax emote to the Discord announcement for this episode when it comes yes. out. Is, is this our first Vaxwab that isn't a Raffo? <laughs> it might be. That's, that's, that's a good question, actually. Um, it is suggested to be a place. <laughs> one with, that's, one that's, a that's not a Raffo. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are... Uh, are, are just him being tight-lipped. Although, I, I do want to remind people of one thing from 2016 where Blightsong asks, can you shed some light on why Ruin's last words were Vax? And Brandon says, no, I can't. I mean, I can, but I'm not going to. So, that's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> Classic Brandon. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but, yep. yeah, I think this is actually the one uh, Vax that uh, is, Wob that isn't Arafo, yeah, I think you're correct. Everyone else is just like Brandon, completely dodging a question and not even saying it's a place. No so, one yeah. told Brandon about this wall because it was probably a mistake. I mean, this is paraphrased. <laughs> oh, I forgot to go into wob mode. It's fixed. Oh, everything's no. fine. Everything's fine. Great. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah. The fact that it involves Laras makes me feel just a tiny bit more confident that this could be that Vax could be the Aether of Night planet because we know that was kind of where we saw preservation and ruin in their proto forms when yeah, that, which is true. designing that planet yeah. before. So. Yep. Perhaps. Because, um, like, creating a planet is very unusual. Yeah, go ahead. It is. I haven't read Aether. Um, I have. I mean, I, I haven't. I just haven't read it. <laughs> is there anything in the version that you've read that might suggest weird initiation to the magic system there? Oh, right. Because we do know that initiation is weird. Oh, boy. I guess kind of, because essentially what you do is every person who has an Aether has the the best shown one is Amberite, which is what uh, Moraes perhaps has in his cabinet, but they have a little crystal embedded armory one, right? Mm -hmm, On their wrist, essentially. And you can take a chisel and break it and implant it into someone else. And they call it like an amberite bud, more or less. And if it takes in that person, they'll also be able to make use of amberite, hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Hmm. And it's not, they have like a whole mythology in it that it's some sort of racial thing where only the imperial people can use it. But in actuality, it can be implanted on anybody. Sure. Okay, sure. that could be an initiation thing, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's not genetic. It's not based on like actions. Not that I recall. It, they, like it definitely it appears to go in family lines because like certain families are associated with different types of aethers, but hmm. it's not genetic in that way. Okay. We don't, don't know, know how much aether is gonna even be canonical because like it was like proto ruin and proto preservation. Like, what yeah. does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, all we know is that Aether is a thing in the Cosmere, but what yeah. context that will matter, who knows? And one of the side characters will appear in the Warbreaker sequel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. It's like, ah, I want to get this person canonically in the Cosmere. That's right. Cool. Where I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher pronunciation, so just heads up. War Bobadin and Edgley sisters. Brandon, Rafo. 
Rafo, get out. Rafo, get One out of, of here. R A F O. Don't Rafo me. Yeah, I mean, I can. Oh, I know why this is included here. Why? Oh, because the drag, because the dragon. Because yeah. Ian thinks that Bobbin and Eckley are Brandons. Are Brandons? Wait, what? Are <laughs> <laughs> dragons? Uh but so that that could be a reason why their dragon posters would be a unique relationship. I'll give them that. That's like an old school fantasy title, The Dragon Sisters. It's like I, that, that's that is a novel for sure. That's the that's the middle book of the Dragon Steel trilogy. Actually, is the Dragon Sisters. Yeah, and I I want to say we have a wob that there are like familial relationships among the sh- first vessels. Yeah. Uh, the, hmm. There's at least a there's at least one parent child relationship. I believe he said. Or maybe brother sister. There's at least there's at least one familiar relationship. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I know I've asked about whether that is the case amongst characters on Roshar. Are there familial relationships between Roshar and characters that we don't? And there are. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, quite remember, but I imagine there could be for sure. Uh, even if we didn't have a lob on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I'm sure those dynamics exist amongst the shards. I don't know if the best way to find them out is by just like random shotgun casting with pairs, but <laughs> yeah, that... how are these two vessels related? They have every different combo. Yeah, were Laris and At husband and husband? That's there a, was that's... an affection there. I know. I know some people would like them to be. Yeah. <laughs> so this next one. Diego ninety eight again asked, "Did Odium have something to do with Adolin killing Sadius? Because in Thalina, he said that he had been preparing Sadius's troops for a long time." Brandon Raffode. That bit about Odium preparing Sadius's troops a long time has always bothered me because it doesn't make sense to me. I kind of took it just as a long time being the period of time since. Sadius's death, essentially, where Odium's been working on them to try to get them in a place where they're ready to flip on their fellow. Sure, but But it's been what a few months since since the end of Words of Radiance. I mean, you can look at it from the standpoint that Sadius's troops have always been like among the least overtly ethical they're held to the, to the like most the lowest passionate mm. among the war camps but they're not dalinar's troops and so you could say odium has been perhaps trying to nudge them in that way yeah it could just be in general that odium generally works on people who he who would be more passionate uh in that sort of way and he would just generically be influencing people and then he saw an opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't I don't remember the exact quote, but I think the context in which Odium says this is um like it has something to do with um Amaram. And and so yeah. in my head it's always been implied that like they talk about the the it it like it, it happens when uh, Odium essentially possesses the Amaram army, right? The Sadias mm-hmm. army. And 
the way it is written has always implied to me that this position was enabled by the fact that Amaram is now Sadius. Oh, um, I did not feel that way, but which, which makes the timeline weird to me in this in this context. And ju- just another easy idea. Sadia Soldier's been filling the thrill for years. That's how Odium influences people. We know he works oh, for the that's MA. a good point. Yeah. Like, yeah, perhaps. He uses the thrill yeah. to capture them in that moment, you know? Okay, that's sure. probably the easiest method. I, I, think, I think I can accept that. Yeah, I do not think he had an overt hand in Adolin killing Sadius. I, I feel like Adolin so. made that yeah. decision. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. And I don't, I don't think Adolin was filling the thrill at the time. No. no. It's not really the kind of time people tend to feel the thrill unless they're like really far gone, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Just a raffle. Then uh, at Celsius 232, another Spain it's a, it's a con. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Javi asked, I'm really curious about Amia and hope to see more about it in the fourth book. Have the Heralds or Hoyd been there and will they re- reveal some stuff about it? Brandon, yes, the Heralds have been there and yes, Hoyd has been there. However, I don't think uh, there will be info about Amia in book four, but in a novella I'm planning to write like Edge Dancer. The story will be about some characters traveling to Amia. Now, cool. in this doc, because Ian can't be here, he has helpfully put comments in for us uh, ahead of time, and he thinks Wander Sail, which, I mean, where else would you sail to? So that that seems pretty good. That seems reasonable, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious how they're gonna avoid these, like you know, the Daisy and Aemon guardians. I feel like it cannot end with Risen also getting poisoned by a cook and dying on the shore. Maybe her Larkin gives her access or some crap. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's a Larkin Ooh. that that's a kind of a big deal that, for her, right? That's an Amia thing, too. Yeah, it is. Mm. Yes, it is. So they could see that as a sign of, yeah, she's, she's okay. Ooh. It's probably the easiest route, because otherwise you're totally getting murdered at some way. Yeah. 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 Oh, I wonder when it would be set. I don't know. Like, I feel like the world's just on fire. I don't know what Risen is kind of doing, just like sailing around. Like, Yeah, the, the timeline <laughs> on that is a little weird. Like, I mean, it it could come down to some somebody, whether it's Dalinar through a vision, whether it's a surge binder, whether it, whether it is something they gain access to from the library in Yurithiru, finds out that the Radiance and the Sleepless used to work together. And so they go, hey, what if they're still around? Let's see if we can ask for their help. And so by some convenient circumstance, Risen happens to be in place to say, hey, I have a ship and also no legs. So what else am I going to do? That definitely uh, seems like a sensible thing. Dalnar would always be looking for allies. And maybe that that story could be about making contact with the Sleepless or something. I don't know. I suppose. Yeah, maybe Risen wants to explore those undersea caverns and she never makes it to Akana. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's only like Akana they're protecting, right? Actively like that? I believe so. Yeah. 
That's, that's yeah, although, the, although the store might be around all of Amia, I'm not sure. This really feels like back five things, so I, j- I just don't know how much we're going to get soon. <laughs> like, because yeah. of plot threads that Brandon needs to wrap up, we didn't even need to necessarily see a Dissy and Amian in Edge Dancer, really, right? That's, like, yeah, yeah kind of what I was saying is I feel like there's a big step where everyone realizes that these things are real. Like, I don't know if Lyft is going to like bring up to everybody, like, oh, by the way, I met this incredible crab monster thing. I feel like she definitely isn't going to mention bug it. Man. Yeah, yeah, the bug man, the weird bug man. Like, they don't, they don't have a boogeyman. They have a boogeyman. I always thought that that was going to be a way far away back five reveal with them writing the the back covers of you know the books. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. So and also with the fact that they are going to be significant for the future of the Cosmere. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I think we'll get a lot more in the back five, which is unfortunate because I want to know what the crap is going on with Amia. What's what's the scouring? What's Akana? How was that a Silver Kingdom? Why are the soul casters there? There's a lot of stuff with Amia, but I don't think that's going to be soon. Yep. Cool. Now we're on to Dragon Con. And I don't know why I said it in that voice. Uh, <laughs> it's your Dragon Con. Dragon, Dragon Con! Con. <laughs> uh, and so uh, let's begin. So that was, that was the most recent one, and that's what we're really going to talk about today. Let us begin with the beginning. Actually, before before we begin, uh, there is a word of... Um, was Isaac there? He wasn't there. It's a word of Brandon that is not yet transcribed, in which Brandon briefly brings up the idea that him and Isaac have been bouncing the idea of putting together a children's picture book for the girl who looked up. Oh, that'd be cool. I would buy yeah. a Cosmere... Uh, that'd be that'd be sweet i guess and i I like the visual the visual style i think can be really nice like i can i can almost see it in my head it's a very 2d very stylized um yeah i I think it'd be really cool i i can imagine that too yeah let's do some wobs uh Punzi asks, have we seen a Dawn Shard in any Cosmere book? That's to which Brandon says, yes and no. And then hands him a ref card. What is that? Is that for just Brandon being a troll? <laughs> yes, I think. I think <sighs> we have seen either like, I, I think this is the same kind of situation as Padgy. Padgy is a shard. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think we have seen either a Dawn Shard that has changed in some way. Sure. And wouldn't still be classified as a Dawn Shard, but it, it was one day. Yeah. Um, All the unmade, obviously. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ugh. It's, it's <laughs> one idea. Not in love with it, but it's possible. It is possible. Um, or we have seen kind of the remains of a Dawn Shard or the leftovers or the after sure. like if uh, the Shattered Plains were shattered as a, as a result of a Dawn Shard being used or whatever I don't think that would satisfy Brandon's yes and no yeah because um, then it'd be like the influence of a Dawn Shard I'd... yeah yeah 
feel feels like maybe we saw one, but it, it's now different or something. And maybe but or we maybe wouldn't we call it the Dawn Shard now. We wouldn't call it a Dawn Shard or Dawn Shard. What? Uh, I'm doing really <laughs> maybe, great maybe today, it's guys. a Dawn Shard now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the Dawn Shards. So I I don't really know, but like it could be changed in form or just unrecognizable as a Dawn Shard. Yeah, or, or any Cosmere book. Any so we Cosmere can't book. discount. We can't discount like the Boombox. <laughs> the Boombox is Don Shard. Or or like uh, Odium went there and just uh, went to sell and just like dumped a Don Shard there and it just changed. It's like, ah, oh, hey, what's up? Here you go. Sure, that that is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, yep. My resistance to the unmade being. Dawn shards makes leads me to believe where I'm like, oh, it's just the shatter planes is the aftermath of someone doing something stupid with a dawn shard. But I accept that it could be something else. I've I've grown inc- increasingly fond of the idea that the shattered planes were result of Kalak doing something. Hmm. Heralds being heraldy, I like that. That'd be really heralds being heraldy, and I would and be mad the about the connection that of of um. Uh, that I that I randomly came up like a few episodes ago, where um, Natanatan, if they were known for like being builders and architects, those are the traits that Kalak exemplifies. And so, if he's connected to them in a similar way to Jezreel being connected to Alathela, then yep. I could see that being a last standy type of thing. I don't know. Oh, that's funny because I always thought of Natanatan as being. Like town, I've always associated the person to be town because it's being mm. the granite kingdom, essentially, and the association with stone. But I could see that too, yeah. Yeah, but the Natan worship Kelek, and they think Kelek's the storm father. So, like, there's some relationship with that herald that they have. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting that there no, could be I, something there. I like the little regional quirks. That's what that's one of the reasons for Shara is fun because Brandon yeah. does try to does put a, yeah. like the work in there. These ten people are interpreted differently in different places. But they they all exist. Ooh. I like this next one, David. Give it to us. Here we go. You see, yeah, you thank you for for uh, smoothly calling my name so I'd remember. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. I got all right. you. This is coming this is coming from JMC Get. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, uh, as you do. Jimmiket? Jimmiket? I believe. Uh, compared to Oathbringer, how much Seth are we going to see in the book? Brandon. This one probably less Seth than Oathbringer, mostly because we're going to get his big plot in the next book. There's some cool Seth stuff in this still, but we're looking more like first book Seth rather than third book Seth, where I gave him his own micro plot in book three. Uh, Jimmiket. I was kind of imagining he's like the first character expected to die in the first five books. Brandon. He starts in jail in book four because Dalnar told him to go there. <laughs> or, because, I... or because Brandon realized that there needed to be consequences for Seth being a murderer and he couldn't just turn to Dalnar's bodyguard without anybody batting an eye. <laughs> Did they actually say at the end of Oathbringer that Seth's just going to guard Navani? He's, no, he's literally guarding the door currently as Dalnar and Navani are hanging out. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Everyone's just going, do you, there's no way that's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different Shin, right? Different yeah. Shin um, Assassin. Yeah. The sword's different. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if he no longer, as long as he no longer wears white clothes, no one will know. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> uh, I definitely like 
him being in jail, that's a good like thing that a time jump's really good at. That if we see a Zeth scene starting where Zeth's like been in jail and has been in jail for about a year, uh, and then stuff happens where it's like, okay, now we need you to go do something for us. Like, yeah, that fits better than just like I'm a bodyguard. (laughs) Yeah. And it, you know, it's a convenient way for Brandon to keep him out of the action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you can give us a nice scene of like Nightblood being like, Vasher spent lots of times in jail. <laughs> <laughs> book book four opens with Zeth going, it's funny how many times begin with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's chapter one. Uh, so I was I was speaking with a friend of mine who um, I recently got into the Cosmir, and so he's done all of Mistborn. He's making his way through the Way of Kings, and one of the we were talking about the the dynamic, like why the Way of Kings works so well as a book, and one of the things that came up was the dynamic between um, f- the flashbacks and the current events for specific characters and how. What the flashbacks allow you to do is they allow you to present the character at one point in their life where they are one person and then skip a significant amount of time and present them in a state where they've either grown as a character or they've diminished as a character in some so like I don't know which which side of those you would classify Dalinar as, but the young Dalinar is very different from old Dalinar. Yeah, right. Super different. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously Kaladin, drastically different. Shalan, not so much. Um, but, it, but it allows you to, to do these things where you present the character and then you massively switch context. And now you can tell a completely different story about that character. And yeah. the two are still connected because it's, mm-hmm. it's the same character. It's still the same. Like their core is, is still the same. And so... The one-year time jump in Rhythm of War allows you to do something similar with a lot of the characters, where we've been following all of their arcs very tightly all the way from the Way of Kings. Uh, In some cases, almost from day to day, we've seen how they change and what they do. And now we can take a deep breath and go, okay, something's happened behind the scenes. We don't need to see every bathroom break these characters take. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We can we can now we can now give them different things and different mysteries to worry about. Yeah, mm. uh, and it kind of freshens them up a shoulder. little bit. Yes, mm. yes, yeah. I mean, Brandon liked how part one of Rhythms of War turned out. So, I mean, if there was an issue with the time jump, that would have come in, across in that, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So clearly, he thought it worked well. So, I guess we'll yeah. just have to see. But I like I like this for Zeth. Uh, who knows how much Zeth will get? Like what he'll do. Uh, having less Zeth makes sense, I think. If mm-hmm. we're gonna get him in the next yeah. book, it's yeah. probably not gonna be the Shing, like purging, right? Yeah, that's that's probably gonna yeah. be saved for. Or or even if it's not like purge, like the expedition to Shinobar. Yeah, yeah, that's probably gonna be his book. I just like another minor thing. I remember Brandon talking about how when he was when book two was almost Seth's book. There were a lot of parallels between Kaladin's plotline in that book and what Seth's plotline was going to be. Kaladin's or Dalinar's? Kaladin's, I believe. Like his whole vengeance plotline that he goes on, where he like considers killing Amram. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. And then essentially, 
things moved around, sorry, when Seth was book three, I believe it was, when things moved around, they're not going to match up anymore, but there still will be some parallels between what Kaladin does and what Seth will end up doing. And so it's interesting that Kaladin spends a period of time in jail, and now Seth will be spending a period of time in jail as well. Right. But, That's interesting. Yeah. I guess I guess what I was thinking was the reveal that three could have been either Dalinar or Zeth, and the other one would work just as well for five. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like four was always gonna be Ashunai and or Venli. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the fact mm-hmm. that you can you can slot Zeth into three um and you can slot Dalinar into five probably can tell us a little bit about about where their stories are gonna go. Um super interesting. Yeah. 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 It surprises me how much flexibility Brandon manages to pull out of a fairly well-structured plan that yeah. he had at some point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think it makes sense that the whole return home plot would be paralleled with the, like, in Shinovar being forced to leave flashbacks that just... Oh, oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a nice parallel. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. There's something that feels right about Shinovar being, like, the source of the desolations, the place where the humans first came from, and it being book yep. five to me as well. Mm-hmm. Like that seems it's, nice. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of full circle-y almost. Yeah, yeah. Especially with book one beginning with first a desolation and then beginning with a Shin assassin. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. In in retrospect, I think it works really well. Cool. So, Grace, what does what does Jeff say? Jeff says, "Was Adenalzium's power original to Adenalzium?" And Brendan said, yes, as far as anyone knows, there was no predecessor to Adenalsium. Good question. That's good. New yeah. Adenalsium Wob. That's that's kind of a big deal, so that Adenalsium isn't like well, I guess this doesn't mean that Adenalsium isn't a member of some other pantheon or some crap. But right. Uh, like every every galaxy might have a a god of this kind or something. Yeah, but there's no we don't have to go to the god before Aiden Alcium, so which that's probably for the best. <laughs> it's nice to yeah. limit scope a little bit sometimes. Yeah. 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 I agree. Cool. Rebecca asks. Rebecca, who edits the Copper Mind. Fantastic. And um, also listens to this podcast. Yes, she does. And was inspired by an episode to ask this question. Yeah, which is great. Thanks. So that's you. that's really humbling, by the way. Yeah. Extremely humbling. Yeah. What would happen differently if a person found a shard blade and shard plate that belongs to the same radiant? Brandon, that is an excellent question. It happened way more in the past than it happens now, but certain blades and plates are historically kind of linked together. If you were knowing to look for a difference, you would notice a slight difference. Mostly if you could speak to or sense the sword, but it wouldn't have a very big mechanical difference, if that makes sense. Hmm. So, I'm imagining, let's say, Adolin. Mm-hmm. Right, because even before his Shadesmar trip, he was kind of getting close to Maya. Yeah. And so, I imagine if he had a matching suit then or matching plate then maybe the blade wouldn't be in quite as much pain or it would be like it would be a little more content really 
think thinking about our shard plate episode on how like maybe these are like lower spren mm-hmm. it makes yeah. sense that there wouldn't be a big mechanical difference because like plate's not an extension of the same spren like uh mm-hmm. so makes sense that like ah hey they're not like healed or anything right like that's not the secret to healing maya or something but yeah, maybe maybe they would be more content and uh, less. They might still be connected. Like yeah. if if the way you you build or grow your plate is through your spren in some way, mm-hmm. then there's that connection there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes me curious about something that I hadn't thought about before, which is if Adolin, you know, we all assume he's gonna eventually bond Maya, or some people don't, but I do. I mean, I and, think that's uh, where that's going. Like that's clearly yeah. where the story's going. But in my opinion, uh, but uh, essentially, will he be able to progress as normal and just manifest his own suit of plate, or will he have to? Will that connection still exist, and will he be unable to? We have to go find that plate somewhere. Will it just naturally oh. flow to him from wherever it happens to exist? Oh, that is now? interesting. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if he if he gets the fourth ideal, will that just kind of unlock them wherever they happen to be to just act like normal, mm. or will right, right, right? Because yeah, they can, so they can summon and dismiss the plate as well. Mm-hmm. So oh. questions we have no idea about. That would that yeah, would no. kind of suck though if you're in the middle of a battle and then suddenly <laughs> your your plate just disappears because uh, someone revived the plate and summoned it's it to like, them. Well, that's just disappointing. An... <laughs> okay, Adolin can toss his plate because uh, it's not. It's not summonable, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. that's just really interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you summon your plate from somewhere and... You know what? I'm not going to go there. Move on. I, I also like that, oh, uh, it happened more in the past than now. It's like, well, yeah, because they're, they're, we're laying next to the same person, so that, that's unsummable. Yep. If you killed a shard yep. bearer that who took it from the Radiance, then it's like, yeah, they had the same suit and stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. And I imagine over time, people would like trade them or win them or lose them through duos or yeah. like mm-hmm. marry other like families with shards and things like that. Yep. Yeah. Or like if, if you have two sons, one gets the blade, one gets the plate and they're split up. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Cool. Next question. Would a seeker burning bronze be able to tell what order a night radiant is in? Um, and then we we assume the question says, uh, or at least if they're holding stormlight. And Brandon says, yeah, uh, but they'd have to be actively using it. So the bronze, not the bronze, the the stormlight. They have to actively do yeah. something with the stormlight. Yep. Uh, if you could hear somebody, for instance, lashing, but if they just saw somebody who drawn in stormlight, you probably wouldn't be able to tell until they use that stormlight. Uh, you'd probably hear that they have the stormlight, but I assume you wouldn't like be able to tell what order they're. Yep. Mm-hmm. The questioner says something that we don't have. Yep. Uh, and Bran says, no, they're not. Uh, you'd be able to do that. In fact, there are other things in the Cosmere that are kind of the same sort of radar detection here and there. And you, you can read in the same way. Browns is just one of the best way to do it. Being a seeker is really handy for these reasons. 
being able to go off-planet with your LMNC also is a pretty big advantage. It's really hard, for instance, to get a surge binder off of Rushar because of the connection stuff that's happening. In fact, you may have heard in a prologue just recently, someone complaining about that. <laughs> Which is that prologue reading, oh my goodness. What? I gotta what say, troll. what a little... What a like a turnaround though. Like he really wanted to bring that up. Like he did not yeah. have to, he, like he was talking about about yeah. sensing someone with bronze and he was like, Yeah, LNC is great, especially LNC in space, especially unlike search binders who are trying to get off of a shard. Did you hear that prologue? <laughs> Those heralds. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Every every now and then Brandon decides that he wants to reveal something and and he does and he work for it. <laughs> It's like, no, we're doing this now. And it's like, hey, hey, were you paying attention in this reading? <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. So let's unpack. Well, so totally makes sense. Bronze detects kinetic investiture. It's not gonna just going to detect like something being held very easily. Uh, like, yeah, I guess you could easily. Like, I don't think you can just uh, bronze detect a fair chemical store, right? I don't think you can do that. Probably you know. not. Not without um, great difficulty, yeah. like maybe with extreme training. It would be very hard to do. I wonder if we know uh, about whether you can detect, like, breath. But Stormlight makes sense, Wait. though, because it, like, kind of has that motion. Like, it, it's... Mm-hmm. It's not sticking. Coming, it's coming off of the person, and so that, that makes sense that that would, like, have some pulses, kind of like bronze that you could sort of detect. That seems sensible yeah. to me. Uh, but you wouldn't be able to determine what order it was until they used a specific surge and that like leaves some ripples. Yep. And then if you were trained, you could detect, you could know, oh, that means they're a will shaper or something. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to see them probably use both of their surges. Like you would be able to tell right, just yeah, from, yeah. you'd be like, oh, I see them using gravitation. That could, we could have a skybreaker or a wind runner. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, I, I guess, I guess you can detect somebody using two surges like you don't have to see them and and the effects of mm-hmm. of those surges and then that allows you to do it um i kind of thought brandon was saying that you can like a wind runner using gravitation would quote unquote sound different from a skybreaker using gravitation i feel that'd be like I feel like you wouldn't be able to tell in the same way that a Mistborn, you wouldn't be able to tell if like a Mistborn was burning bronze versus just a, a misting, misting burning bronze. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's it's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah, no, that makes a lot more sense. I didn't, I didn't like the the orders sound a different interpretation either. I, I think so that's cool. just a slight simplification in what Brandon was saying. Like, I think he's just saying, yeah, if they use those surges, you can see which surge they're using and stuff, yeah. and from there you can interpret and infer which order it is. I wonder if you would it's get like a... anything when Shalon uses her memories or like any of the ones that have like a little more active of a resonance that they can manipulate. Oh, that's interesting to think about. Like when she takes some memory? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, you know, or when Calden is feeling particularly squiry. They're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, yes. When he's feeling square. Uh, I mean, you can, you can technically hear when a shard blade is being summoned or dismissed because like there's a tiny blip. Sure, oh, I bet. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe bronze is super good for this because you can just so you remember, uh, you can get any metal and use bronze. Well, any bronze rather, not just bronze from Skadrial. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very convenient if you're a seeker. 
yeah, Alamancer is very, very handy around the Cosmere, really. Yep. Um, it also reminds me of, I re-listened or listened for the first time on Graphic Audio um, to Sixth of the Dusk recently. Yeah. And there, I was reminded they have a, like, a detection, like a radar yeah. that yep. finds AVR. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's definitely so I was, similar. I was wondering if if that might actually be like Scadrian's I think that's one of the yeah bronze. Mm-hmm. I yep. think that's one of the main theories is that it is some sort of far future use of Alamancy. Well, yep. or just yep. a an ability similar to Alamancy rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, people yeah. people tend to I see a lot of theories that they're Scadrian specifically and I feel like there are at least some Scadrians in yeah. the group. It's it's like, like the I mean, obvious yeah. thing. Sure. I, I'm sure that there is some way to do this with Fabrials, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that in the yeah. future. Well, they have those. I'm pretty sure they have those alerter Fabrials, and I bet you could tune those to be on the lookout for yeah, magic maybe, instead of people. Maybe the, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe the alerters are just an extreme proto version of what mm-hmm. we could do. Yeah. yeah. They remind me a little more of yeah. the of the life sense you get from breath, but I think it yeah. works. Similarly. Yeah, because it seems like they might be detecting like mind. Or in investiture, mm-hmm. perhaps. But like, we don't know. But yeah, it feels like a, a Fabriel could definitely do something like this yeah. and have some sort of technological way to do it for sure. Or an Aeon. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so, I was wondering if if um, bronze can detect breath because it's a little bit similar to Stormlight, and it's actually uh, there's a different Wab from Dragon Con. Uh, where somebody asks whether a seeker would know if something is endowed with breath, so presumably like if you store an object, uh, store breath yeah, an object, in an object, yeah. or if someone was holding it. And Brenda says, seekers have a lot of trouble with just detecting investiture that isn't being used in some way. They could catch stormlight that you've breathed in because it's starting to do stuff, which I guess is like, because it gives you like physical abilities, like enhances your Mm-hmm. Abilities. You don't have to breathe. Heals. Yeah, and heals you. Yeah. Um, if just something has stormlight, like a gemstone or something like that, and then the questioner interrupts Brandon. Don't ever interrupt Brandon. Let's go with those information. Um, those heralds says, on the prologue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, and and says. I meant from Warbreaker, if you'd endowed the garbled An audio. object. Cloth, maybe. Presumably. Uh, oh, something with breath. Um, could they find that with a seeker? That's right. They are. There are theoretical applications of this, but I would say your average seeker, no. There is a way to get there, but if you just took a seeker from uh, and said something... Uh, they would not be able to do that. I bet it's just like the Final Empire, or just like your average seeker off the street. That's my read. Just wonder yeah. if they, like you maybe can maybe train you can train that. one. Maybe maybe yeah. they need to be of a sufficient strength. Sure, both. I think both are possible. Seeking is <laughs> really interesting because it is very training dependent. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and there definitely is the whole thing where you know. Once you know you can do something, you can do it. So it's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't realize something like that is possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. it would be easier if they if you plopped a seeker into Roshar where there's just a lot of investor and then you realize, ah, hey, those gemstones, they're there. And they, you know, you can get something it out of that high storm. They'd be like, This is that's big. But <laughs> yeah. imagine well, imagine how loud Roshar would be to their senses. Like, yeah, maybe you couldn't determine it because it's everywhere. so much where. Yeah, they're yeah. spreading everywhere, doing everything. Yeah, that's true. It's it's like trying to listen to somebody in a crowd or something. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, that's that's very cool. Uh, seeking's cool. We'll see it more. I'm I imagine. There's a question from Argent that I get to read, which is, <laughs> no. uh, is not Chris plan to be a, said, but. Uh, Okay. Is Chris plan to be a major character in the future of the Cosmere, or will she be more of a behind the scenes source of knowledge? Brandon, I do plan some more some actual Chris stories. I mentioned I had a Silverlight story in the back of my head. She would have been one of the viewpoint characters of that if I ever get to write it. She'll be in the background of most everything, but I do plan a few stories that will have her. She will come to the forefront the more the Cosmere comes to the forefront and more interaction between them. I'm just imagining uh, Chris on the bridge of a starship and she's like commanding one of the starships. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And Hoyt's commanding some other starship and then Kelsier has this other starship. It's great. <laughs> That sounds great. I, I, this is what I want in Space Age Cosmere. Well, just she, weird stuff. She wouldn't be commander, right? She would be the... Like a science officer? Some, yeah, the science some, officer. yeah, science officer, something like that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, that's cool that you get some Chris stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I feel like she doesn't get... I don't think White Sand is a particularly like positive reflection of her best traits that we see later. So it's, it's nice that we're going to see some more Chris stuff. Because you yeah. can kind of just see her when she's very young, and and the way she is presented in White Sand is just <sighs> she has her moments when she does science and things, but for the most part, she's just she's being dumb, she's being naive, she's being petulant. Um, she's for some reason crushing on this annoying brat called Kenton. Get on. It, it, I. I'm not in love with White Sand. Yeah. Give me it, the Dark Side comics. It's kind of... Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, it's interesting because I, I almost worry that, like, a Hoyd origin story will just be less cool than we're making it out to be in our brains. And, like, seeing origin of Chris is like, eh! But maybe it's just that White Sand is not that amazing. I I really think it's just the the fact that White Sand is not polished. Like, because I'm I'm listening to the graphic audio volume one adaptation of, of white sand right now, which is oh. a very close adaptation of the original Brandon manuscript. <sighs> right. So for example, volume one in the comics, the first time you see Chris is she walks up in a tent, uh, after Kenton has almost killed himself. Yeah. The first time you see her in the manuscript is on a ship when they arrive from dark side to day side, which is way which is, cooler, oh, by the way, which is way cooler. Yeah. Uh, and so there, there are those moments that are in the manuscript that are not um, in in the comic, in the graphic novel. And even with those, like it's making a very strong impression on me how unpolished and how early this manuscript was in Brandon's yep. career. Like, yeah, people are are dropping one-liners in the middle of combat and they're being quippy and the dialogue is cheesy and the villains are twirled they mustaches and 
It's a very early Brandon book. It is. Yeah. So I'm I'm not too worried about a, a Hoyt origin story. Yeah, especially because it's going to be like 10, 20 years <laughs> from now. So Brandon will be really good at it at that stage. Yeah. 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 All right. So this questioner asked, the areas where you have true spread living, does it have a connection to Stormwall? Brandon, so where the high spread specifically? Questioner, basically, does it, for example, do Honor Spread have a, are strong in that area because, said, oh, right, because they're living in, like, lasting integrity? So there are reasons why in Shadesmar, the Spren build the cities they do, where they do. doesn't always correlate one-to-one with the type of Spren. Once in a while it does, but I would say as a rule of thumb, no. It's more about them finding a place that works for the geography of Shadesmar and where they kind of just have political power and... Uh, clout and things like that good question interesting my read on that because I'm, I'm a little confused i imagine the questioner was wondering whether the fact the storm wall is the, the the front of the high storm right yeah and so as the high storm moves further west it grows, I mean, it grows weaker in the physical realm, but the amount of investiture doesn't change really. And lasting integrity is like way west. Mm-hmm. Not all the way to Shinovar, but like the Makabaki region. And so maybe the questioner was wondering whether the fact, wh- whether it's better to be that far west and whether that has a connection to the storms in some way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like they were... Like if there was some, like there was significance about living in certain parts of Shadesmar. Yeah. Yeah. Kind kind of interesting to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that go into it because, like you know, they don't want to be too close to where people live because of all the emotions from they attract. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's kind of like putting a city on Earth. You know, you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta pick a good spot. Yep. Yep. Good point. Uh, imagine we'll see. I mean. We got some Shadesmar in Oathbringer, but I mean, surely later in back half, we'll see lots of it, right? I hope yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think we're going to even get more in book four, probably, because there was a recent uh, wob about seeing a, a Fabriol, a Spren trapped in a Fabriol in Shadesmar oh, in book that's four. Right, yeah. Oh, that's Ooh. true. Good that point. Was a, that was a Reddit wob, I think, recently. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't okay. remember that one. It's Interesting. A good wop, yeah. 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 I'm curious because we saw like one example of a Spren city in book three. Essentially, how big their cities do get, you know, because it seemed like a decent sized settlement, but I don't know how that fits on their scale of how large their population centers are. Because we know that I imagine, I imagine something like lasting integrity is going to be like a fortress in, mm-hmm. in Shadesmar. The the honor spread feel like the kind of like flashy, self righteous paladiny type of spread, kind of militant. Yeah, or, or or the cryptic city that pretty much has the entire cryptic population living there. Right, because they right. only have the one. Yeah. Oh, what a place! Yeah, we gotta go there. We gotta go to oh. those places. We have to. We gotta go everywhere. Yeah, but first we need to go to Curse. <laughs> Do we though? So this next one by Soulfor is asking if autonomy was connected to the Iriali in any meaningful way. 
Uh, and Brandon said, uh, no, I mean, they're slightly connected, but in a meaningful way, no, they're not connected. Autonomy did not start the Iriali religion. Cool. Which is interesting. Yeah. But good to know. Yeah, Brandon doesn't often just like stop a theory like that, so it's nice when he does close down. Brandon, I rarely say no, Sanderson. I rarely say no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brandon. Mm -hmm. Probably, yeah. (laughs) So, next question, which is one of my favorites from this con, uh, comes from Dorito J at J eight, who asks, "Is Aeon Door so Aeon Door super versatile and powerful? Yeah, but it's region locked," says Brandon. Yes. It is region locked. It continues to read. Exactly. If a full ferrochemist using Nicrosil were to create an unlocked medallion that allowed an Elantrian to store connection to Elantris' location, would it let them use Aeon Door at full power as long as they were tapping that connection? Uh, and Brandon, surprisingly to me, says yes. This should work just fine. And then continues... Uh, just understand that the medallion's going to have to be usable by any, by everyone in order to work. You're going to have to jump through some hoops, but I think, but I think what you want there would work. And for those of you listening, <laughs> hi Brian. Hi. <laughs> You're not listening to us, but somehow we're saying hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be the harder way to unlock Aeon Door. There are easier methods. Huh. <laughs> um, this, this to me is really interesting. Like, right? uh, we, can, we can talk a lot about this, and, and a WAB podcast is not exactly the place for it, uh, but it's really interesting to me that you can, in theory, uh, be an Elantrian and store your connection to Elantris and also jump through a couple of additional hoops and then that connection to Elantris is enough, perhaps, to allow you to access the power of the door when you are far away from Elantris. What, is- what is weird to me here is that like, the power still needs to travel from cells sub-astral mm-hmm. in the cognitive realm to wherever you are. Like, unlike the spiritual realm, the travel through the cognitive and through the physical is not instantaneous and cannot be instantaneous. Mm. So that's a problem. Huh. Um, that seems like that would be a problem idea, regardless of how you un- unlock it, you know? I don't mm. know. It would seem that way, yeah. And so one idea that Joff, uh, Joff had was that, at, at least I think it was his idea, um, was that you could have essentially, maybe it was Cal, you could have essentially um, the power tunnel through the spiritual realm, like like a tunnel, essentially, like like a wormhole, um, from cell to wherever you are, and like that's the additional step that you need. So you're still on Roshar, let's say, and you're still taking the power from cell, but that power is jumping into the spiritual and then out of the spiritual instantly to where you are. Which I don't like, mm. by the way. But it's an explanation. Yeah, because as, like, as you read it, I initially thought he was saying, oh, it would just allow you to use Aeon Door at a strength similar to if you were in Elantris, should you be able to use Aeon Door. But it does seem more like he is saying that it would allow you to just use it. 
So that is kind of that is strange to me. I don't like the quantum tunneling. I feel like the Erie would have figured that out if they could have, and that's <laughs> the reason they're walking around with their canteens full of investiture. But hmm. Oh, the Erie. I was like, what? What did the Erie have to do with this? The Erie. Also. <laughs> <laughs> It is the Irie. I will. I will admit that Brandon gave a phonetic pronunciation for that, and <laughs> yeah, and secret history. So I can. I'll accept that one. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's just ire, and it's just kind of weird. So, oh, uh, the ire. Um, goodness, I I don't even know where I what I even think about this, <laughs> uh, other than that. And it's, there's also the moon scepter. Yeah, the moon yeah. scepter, which does something, or does nothing. <laughs> As I begin to suspect, it just—it's really interesting. How do you get the investiture out of the cognitive realm to use it? Like you need some sort of bridge, or maybe that bridge just automatically happens, and you need some sort of spiritual. Look, anything in the end is some spiritual mumbo jumbo in the cosmos. That's just a fact. Uh, but stop theorizing now. <laughs> spiritual realm. Where's the ancient alien guys, but with spiritual realm, you know, <laughs> like that. I mean, uh, Brent, Brandon did the dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Put back. that in the comments. Yeah. Would be the easier way to unlock Andar? Like, oh, goodness. This is going to be one of those things that's going to be really obvious in retrospect. But like, we were yeah. discussing why it was region locked for years. And did not get all that close. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's in the cognitive room. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's just like, oh, great, cool. Durr. I just think hmm. spiritual wormhole sounds cool. That's that's what they actually uh that's that's what the, the spaceships are kind of use actually well, in the future. Okay. Like actually related, Brandon has said that he wants he would like he would like Oath Great Travel to somehow work through the spiritual realm. Yeah as some sort of instantaneous truly instantaneous teleportation yeah. and so spiritual and wormhole only, perhaps confirmed to exist if he can't make that work then he's going to fall back to using shades bar or come how can he not make it work the spiritual realm can do whatever he wants it can do <laughs> <laughs> no, like, because like, I can't. the spiritual realm is specifically not understandable by human minds That's i bet i bet he's trying to like think ahead and thinking is this gonna break something yeah or, it's probably or, that yeah. it's probably that more than anything like Hmm, yeah. If I change the spiritual realm to allow this, what other awful things can shards exploit in the future? Yeah. Yeah. True. Which is a thing he has to think. Yep. All right. Up next, we have from Questioner. Uh, <laughs> when Odium and Dalnar were having their meeting in Oathbringer, Odium seemed kind of freaked out by something. Could it possibly be related to how Lyft can interact with Spren in the physical world? And that might cause him problems for him we think it says seeing the impossible question mark brandon he is weirded out by lift certainly lift is something that shouldn't exist let's just say that you'll find out why probably in book six but she should not exist very interesting phrasing why is that it it, it implies to me that what cultivation did with lift is normally impossible yeah, yeah like I think it sounds like it's true. a violation of some sort of natural law, essentially. Huh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is that is what that is implying, yeah. Huh. Which, I mean, to be fair, because she can touch objects that shouldn't have any substance, so... Yeah. Seems like that's been pretty much in our faces the whole time, but... 
Well, I mean, Spren do have a little bit of substance in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just amazingly good at like because she's not she's not pulling Window more into the, like for anyone else, Window is as physical as any other Spren, right? Uh, I think. Um, the one time we see other people kind of take notice of window is in edge dancer at the very beginning when this when the constable lady is chasing after lift i think she notices like a little bit of dust on the ground which is mm-hmm. windows vines and crystals disintegrating but that's it. Mm-hmm. it i don't think this is the most interesting thing about lift oh i don't know oh the fact that she metabolizes isn't that much more interesting? <laughs> Isn't like, that way I mean, more important fine. than uh, <laughs> the, 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 like, touching spren sometime? Like, that's like a thing oh, yeah. that happens all the time for her. Oh, yeah, well, that was just an aside. related, though. I think yeah. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're probably caused by the same underlying mechanic what the Night Watcher, nah, whatever the Night Watcher did to her. Sure. Okay. Cra- crackpot theory. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I think this one isn't even that bad, honestly. So Maybe we should do a lift podcast. That'd be kind of fun. Probably uh, should. Yeah. So in yeah, my head, I've always lift. that's that's what the people want. Uh, <laughs> they want to see us nerds yeah. going to the gym and lifting weights. Yep. There you I'll, go. I'll live stream from the gym. Uh, <laughs> but so essentially, I've always thought of what happened to lift as kind of being honestly a little bit of a bummer for her, since we know she can't use stormlight like other people can. So I feel like. It's just a little less flexible. Like if she wants to go fight, she has to go eat a meal, and everyone else can just. Can she not breathe in stormlight? She cannot breathe in stormlight. As far, yeah, she. Hmm. That's her only. That's why she has to ask for food when Dalinar's charged all those gems because she's out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But uh, but so more or less in my head, I'm like, oh, it doesn't seem like a very useful thing from cultivation. I think what lift. Okay, crazy idea. At some point in the future. Easy way to shut down Radiance, deprive them of Stormlight. Somehow okay. Odium manages to deprive our heroes of Stormlight. Hopefully isn't kill the Stormfather. You know, like that'd be really <laughs> bad for Rishar. But, uh, but so they are disabled. And what Lyft does is either she herself directly or is proof that this is possible, shows them that they can generate Stormlight by breaking down matter in some way, that the two mm. are the same. Mm. And that will allow mm. them to use their abilities in a situation where Odium thought he had deprived them of their power. Hmm. That would seem kind of broken. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, may, it may be really cool, or it may just have the worst payoff ever, depending on how it's set up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I'm just trying to think of a situation where Lyft's kind of lame power in my opinion, like it's useful in, like, su- in a surprising way. But other than that, it's not useful for direct prime combat for left. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and situations where she's like imprisoned or something. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and then her captors are like, well, she has no, no stormlight. She can do nothing. And then she just does things. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that's going to show up a lot, yeah. relatively speaking. I don't know if it would ever go beyond that. Always. I feel like it's really important. Like I feel like cultivation. This is one of the most important gifts cultivation has given. Well, it was the Night Watcher. Because uh, sure, Lyft, yeah. Lyft asked 
the night watch. What are you doing, David? Because Dalinar was the night watcher until we saw that it wasn't the night watcher, you know? Well, Brendan, well, okay. Well, Brendan has said Lyft asked the night watcher for something she didn't understand how to give. And then cultivation and so- pops up and says, here's your gift. Like, I don't know. I think it's very possible that, and more yeah. likely than not, that Lyft interacted with cultivation and not the night watcher. But it could be the night watcher. Yeah, I. I, I don't know if I can say either way with certainty. If Odium is weirded out by Lyft, which, by the way, I rereading, I could never quite figure out why Odium was just like, wait, what? Uh, in that mm-hmm. vision, in part two of Oathbringer. And so I, I guess Brandon's saying, oh, yeah, he, Odium's just like weirded out by Lyft, I guess. Could the Nightwatcher even do that? Like, if, if Odium's weirded out by it, then that must be cultivation stuff, right? Well, I don't know. So my my read on that scene has always been that it's less that Odium is weirded out by Lyft and more that he notices something strange in a vision that he should be controlling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. And so he doesn't necessarily know that there's this 13-year-old that suddenly popped into his vision. He knows that something happened. Something entered this and it's weird. Something entered yeah. his vision and he did not want that thing to enter his vision. Sure, okay. And so he goes... I'm on a no pout. Yeah, it is. It is just like one of the most baffling lift moments, by the way, too. Like, yeah. was she awake when that happened? Was she asleep? How, How did was she, she able to enter, enter into vision? that? Yeah. How does that work? We need to do a podcast on lift. Yeah. That's all we need. That. Why have, I have we no done... idea? I don't know. I have like zero ideas. Uh, maybe it'll be one of those short podcasts. That's like, wow, lift. <laughs> that's weird, right, guys? Hey. <laughs> But so we so like we a little speculate bit. what happened to her in a Ral Alarim that made her terrified. Ah, yes, great. It it will be. I mean, we didn't know anything about Kurth. <laughs> we we can, and we know how that ended up. We do. It's infamous. No one complained about that one. People complained about half shards, but no one really complained about our half hour tangent on Kurth. <laughs> um, for some reason, we've we've trained them. We have the people who like the half who didn't like the half start episode. They're not watching anymore. <laughs> Grace, let's go to the next one. All right, let's move. This the questioner lead. asked, "How many hands has Nightblood passed through since he left Vasher?" And Brandon said, "Since he left Vasher, more than you'd expect. It's been a while." Huh. Hmm. I mean, the Night Watcher just allegedly just says, like, hey, do you want a, a black sword that leaks smoke uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. to Dalinar? So that's kind of a thing. So I for- did Vivenna have Vasher at the end of Warbreaker? Or not that? Did Vivenna, was, which one of the two was, was holding Nightblood at the end Vasher. of Oh, definitely Vasher. Vasher. Okay. I was just wondering if, like, Vivenna had it then. Maybe, like, Vasher hasn't actually had Nightblood since then. Hmm. No, I think it, it was lost somewhere in getting to Roshar, and then uh, on Roshar, it went through uh, several hands. They I had guess. a falling out, Eric. Nightblood did not get lost. <laughs> what does that even... There's so many questions packed into that, <laughs> and, I, and I know you're right, because Brandon did say, they had a falling out. What does that mean? He's a sword. Just don't unsheath him. Just keep I him just on your back. Bashing. Like at some point, just like dropping him, being like, "All right," and just walking off and leaving okay, him yeah, lying that's on the true. ground. Yeah, hmm. I'm just imagining Fasher and Nightblood walking through Shadesmar, and Nightblood's like, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet?" And Fasher's just like, "I can't handle it anymore." Uh. <laughs> that's probably not what happened, though. 
<laughs> it sounds very plausible. It, it really does, though, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting because, like, I remember at some point we talked about um, Nightwatch, the Nightwatcher having night blood and how that happened. And I f- think we tried to fit that with an idea that Vasher, for some reason, gave the blade to either as as a trade or either like like for some um and what this suggests is that maybe they separated bef- like way before that and vasher 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 hasn't passed through any hands uh nightblood <laughs> except the venice uh and nightblood has <laughs> welcome to spice cast spicy um, Nightblood has maybe passed through several hands and then made its way to uh to the valley. And then maybe even even more hands before it, it finds its way to Nail. Yeah, because I had kind of in my head assumed that maybe Nail ended up getting him from the Night Watcher directly, and now I feel like that is less likely. Yeah. There's so many questions with yeah. Nightblood there and just everything with that. This so much weirdness. I have no idea. It feels like Nail might be like super cautious about going to the Night Watcher or or accepting the boon and the curse. Like just knowing that she's a spren and she can misinterpret things drastically. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I feel like Nail has a pretty good idea of what you're signing up for if you go see the Night Watcher. Sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe someone got night blood from the Night Watcher, and then Nail heard about this sword and this guy who was murdering a bunch of people. Yeah, okay. and went to investigate and take care of it. Oh. Like that, a weird sword. That sounds like a surge binder that I need to kill. Right? Like that yeah. seems pretty natural. Yeah. Okay. That's, this, that's very plausible. This seems very reasonable to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he would literally be hunting. So. Okay, that feels good, but like, how did Nightblood get with the Night Watcher? That's weird. Oh, they both have Night in the name, so it makes sense. They're connected in the spiritual realm. Easy. We find out that the Night Watcher was solely created to watch Nightblood. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the night the Night Watcher is watching, just Nightblood. What if, what if one of the things that used to be a Dawn Shard that wasn't, what if Nightblood's original name was Dawn Shard? Dawn Shard. That is Nightblood. <laughs> it's no longer. It's no technically. Yeah, technically it's not the Don Shard that. anymore. <laughs> Terrible. Night Nightblood isn't his original name. Just you know, just wanted to say yeah. that. So this next questioner is asking about when you awaken, you pull color out of things. What's going on there? And Brandon said that you're changing the spirit of the thing, which is then filtering into the physical, uh, which is. I mean, that's really cool. Cool. So it leads to an actual physical change in the object. And so yep. you can like break proteins down and things like that. Well, I mean, if, if that color is connected to that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Huh. And now it's me, the Cosmere Mail Service. Yep. Uh, somebody asks about whether Hoyt is actually sending actual letters to actual dragons and how that's working out because they're different planets. And Brent says, there is a courier service that you can hire in the Cosmere, like Pony Express, a little bit. Uh, 
not everything Hoid is doing is, is using that courier service, but this is one example. And they, being the couriers, they have to go through Shadesmar, uh, so you can hire a very specialized group to get things where they are supposed to go. That's going to be real fun uh, as the war in Roshar gets harder. Uh, like, how does Hoyd get out of here? Like, that doesn't seem easy to do here. He also has a sprint now. That's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and he may have one. the ability to generate his own small little perpendicularity and pass through that way. Brandon has not decided yet at some point. Wait, what? I don't remember that, that at Hoyt. all. I wrote the Hoyd page. I don't. Be- I. It's not that I don't believe Citation you. I'm just like, wait, what? Like he he travels through the perpendicularities, but Brandon has said that at some point he may gain access to a magic that would allow him to create to like essentially do what Yasna does and oh, else yeah, call. Sure. Yeah, that Braille. makes sense. Yeah, I, might, I probably should have phrased that better. He yeah, yeah, because, yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Only hold up. You just, yeah. just casually toss that in there. It, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if at some point Hoy just got enough investiture that he could just be like, be a perpendicularity. Uh, uh, Man, that's a lot, though. I think you need a lot. Yeah. You yeah. probably need a lot. But yeah, so there's a particular group that you hire. That's interesting. But Hoyd can do other things, too? Oh, all right, cool. So from Dorito JH again, what would happen if Nightblood was wielded inside of a perpendicularity for a significant period of time? Brandon, bad things. Depends on perpendicularity. He could probably collapse perpendicularity so bad things would happen. Whoa, that is not good. scary. Why does it depend on the perpendicularity? What the hell does that mean? I think some are set Uh, up differently. I guess so. I mean, we have seen several that are different. Yeah, my guess is, one, if you have something like... So if honor's perpendicularity is somehow distributed and you need to, like, like bring the glory spread or whatever. Um, then maybe Nightblood doesn't have enough time to actually do damage to that. Like it's gonna it's gonna kill off some of them, and the perpendicular is going to disperse again, or something. Or maybe there are perpendicular. Like maybe it depends on the kind of the strength or the magnitude of the perpendicularity. So if you have one, let's say, such as the Well of Ascension, which is almost all of preservation's power, right? Mine. Then preservation's power is the miss. It's not all of preservation's power. It's a decent chunk of it. It's a decent chunk of it, but it is not. not, uh, the The statement Argent said is not correct. Oh, I'm just saying that it's not preservation's mind, though. That's not what that is either. It's kind of is though, but it is. No, he used his mind to capture ruin. It's not his mind. It's just power. Yeah, that's what the well is. (laughs) That that's literally what the well is. Oh, we we could go on a long tangent here, but that's I dispute that. Okay, okay. But regardless, it is not it's all of preservation's tap. power. That that is definitely okay. not what it is. Okay, mm-hmm. can of worms. Uh, <laughs> the well of ascension has always been a little confusing to me. There's a lot of investiture in there, right? Uh, so maybe a, a perpendicularity that's like super dense and super invested is going to be able to resist night blood better or for longer um, or something. Mm-hmm. In, in my head, I asked Brandon like a million years ago when he did his foreign or his forum Q&A where essentially why does the the pool that we see in Elantris behave so differently from the pool yeah. in um, oh, wow. Mistborn? And essentially he, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he said they were like they were set up differently because they're, you know, they're not the same thing essentially. And I feel yeah. like perpendicularities where that are kind of like the well that are willing to 
that exist to give power to something would probably be more easily destroyed. disrupted and destroyed than something yeah. like the one the we see on Cell. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that I think is solid. Something those those shard pools being perpendicularities is more of a side effect, I think, of their primary purpose. So like the well was not set up to grant access to the cognitive realm. The well was set up to give the power of preservation to right. the hero of ages, mm-hmm. or not the hero mm-hmm. of ages, but like whoever whoever went in there, right? It's just a consequence that you can. And and as a consequence of that, because there's so much investiture in there, it is also a perpendicularity. Um, That's a good way to look at it. The, yeah, the, the pits of Hudson were set up to circulate eighties investiture throughout the realms. Um, as a side effect, now there's a lot of investiture there. Yeah, it's also perpendicularity. I agree. I like that. Okay, so uh, in this next one, Brandon says that basically he likes science and that in the Stormlight 4, you will have a character, a scientist, who appeared in the book we're talking about, uh, talk about some of the things he got wrong. And so this was at a Warbreaker panel. Warbreaker so, 10th anniversary panel. Yeah. So that Demp uh, is still alive. <laughs> a scientist who appeared in Warbreaker? Is that what Brandon is saying? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Will also show up in Rhythm of War. It's gotta be Vasher, I mean, right? It's gotta yeah, be Vasher. Yeah. 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 So what did Vasher get wrong? Like the Nightblood stuff? Night, uh, Nightblood went so well. That was an incredible <laughs> success. Well, uh, he uh, killed his wife to avoid making another Nightblood, but turns out Nightblood was an anomaly anyway, so it's uh, no mistakes there. Nightblood was his wife all along. Um, (laughs) The the real name of Nightblood was Glory Singer all along. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll get, that's how we'll get uh, the Warbreaker sequel is Fasher will briefly summarize it for us in the events of Rhythm of War. And he's like, all right, so I found out. So yes. the God Beyond doesn't have time to write this thing. Well, the art and the Warbreaker anniversary is amazing. <laughs> That's what he says. That's a quote. <laughs> uh, no, but it's so obviously Brandon is bringing this up in the context of a sci- like science and a scientist getting something wrong. Um, presumably something scientific. One would hope. It's not. He's like, I, I thought it wasn't going to rain today. So presumably the biochromatic entities and maybe him learning more about Spren made him learn other things? I don't know. Either that or like a lesson on how he should have done Nightblood in the first place, but that doesn't seem awfully exciting to me. Um, I was thinking more like, do we know from, from the brief times he shows up in Stormlight, like does he make any claims about like factual things? Not really, no. No, no. he mostly does not I don't, talk. No. no, he just kind of complains a lot. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe something to do with like Stormlight and Breath and like him using one over the other and like conversions and things like that. He doesn't talk about any of that. I do think that uh, Nightblood makes the most sense, especially if Vasher and Vivenna meet in Stormlight 4 and Ooh. he sees her sword. Ooh, that's, that'd be interesting. Oh, from that perspective. It's like, mm. this is how I should have done things. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it seems like Vasher will have to come forward with his connection to Nightblood because that's something that they do not know at this point that he is related at all. Oh, so yeah, that our main they're gonna learn yeah. that They're going to learn there's more to Zahel than they previously had assumed. 
Oh yeah, because but also Nightblood is like going to scream in everyone's mind. That's gonna be like, so interesting if Zahel's well, just in Irithiru looking for Nightblood. It's like, hey, I, I don't think he's looking for Nightblood as much as avoiding Nightblood as much as possible right now. But he, he misses also Nightblood. misses him. Yeah, yeah. Ravenna's or at least he misses something about that like companionship that they had. Yeah, that's true. Zahel's not s- seeking out Nightblood. That's what Vivenna's doing. You're right. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I have no idea what this means, and I guess we'll find out. Um, so this next question asks, Hemalurgy can mix and match powers. Would it be possible to use Fairchemy for connection to hack into multiple Knights Radiant? Kind of act as a squire to more than one at the same time. Rand says, great question. I think you could make this work. I think it would take a little bit of legwork, but I I think what you're wanting to do could indeed work. More likely in that case, though, you could probably be a squire to multiple orders. Then he's like hesitantly saying, yeah, I think that would work, but I don't think that's the easiest way to do what you want to do. I think there's easier ways. Hmm. So maybe just kind of hang out with a lot of radiance and exhibit attributes associated with their orders and that just kind of yeah. forms the necessary connection. Yeah, I guess. Uh maybe it's just hard to have that enough connection to both with, with like two people to get be a squire of both, but I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I see spread that were kind of that seem a little possessive of their radiant and you yeah. know associate people. So I feel like they would not willingly allow that to happen depending on how much influence the spren have over that but yeah i don't i don't know how much how much control the spren have over like squirehood well that's another good point that we don't really know the mechanics of still still doesn't seem to be doing anything special mm. that's true yeah yeah mm, but uh, that the possibility exists so that if she was trying to intentionally withhold something she could you know mm. yeah oh this next one is spicy Spicy question incoming from Questioner, our most prolific person to ask questions. That's true. <laughs> Could someone use a Seon or Skaze to build a Fabrio, and what would it do? Brandon takes a deep breath because he's going to speak a paragraph. It depends on how you define a Fabrio. If you define Fabrio as trapping a sapient splinter in a gemstone, I guess they don't all have to be sapient. They can all like flame spren and stuff like that. So if you define it as capturing a spren in a gemstone, could you capture a Sion in a gemstone? I would say yeah. The Fabriel, what it will do is going to depend on a whole lot of factors. How you build Fabrials even sometimes have to do with it. Some of the Fabrials don't care as much what the splinter piece is. Obviously, a heating Fabrio or something like that does. Other ones, it's not as related. So I would say what the power of the Aeon in the Sion is would influence what kind of Fabrio you could make from it. Good question. Excellent question. I've never been asked that before. That's quite interesting. Makes a lot of sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. It, it honestly um, made didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like it surprises me more that it will, or at least it raises a larger question for me, which is are gems inherently able to capture investiture then? And it's not something 
That's unique right. to whatever's happening on Rashar. I want to see them put a Spren in a gemstone in a normal fashion so we can see how That's that true. happens. Because yeah. it doesn't like, it surprises me a little bit that it's not the quality of Stormlight or Spren that allows it to happen. Maybe yeah. it's yeah, I guess it'd maybe be hard to get an Aeon in a gem. Like what does that mean? And mm-hmm. maybe there's well, other I mean, ways to do that. You can get an unmade in a gem. Maybe you can get void light in a gem. Well, Hashtag I mean, Gavilar's Black, Black Sphere. Sphere. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, obviously, of course. Obviously, you can get Stormlight in gems. Uh, with this confirm, and, and to me, this is a confirmation that you can't put a C on and, and, and an implication that you can put a Skaze in a gem specifically. And so with this, I think it is clear to me that you can shove any kind of investiture in a gem barring some very specific circumstances, right? Maybe maybe this this kind of investiture doesn't play nicely with whatever, right? But I guess that would but that wouldn't apply to Farukami, I assume. Like you couldn't store something in a gem. Well, yeah, you? but it, it I think you need some sort of like free investiture and fair chemi is very connected to the specific metal. So that that obviously wouldn't yeah. work. In hemallergy that yeah. wouldn't work. But like if you mm-hmm. had some sort of could you somehow put like the mists into a gem like that? I would mm-hmm. say is probably possible in some respects because it's yep. like kind of yep. more free investiture, like Stormlight is. I don't know. Yeah, it's very I mean, similar could, to Stormlight. You could put breath in a gem for sure because you can just put breath in anything. But well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would be not in this way. Could yeah. you? I bet, could you power a Fabriel if you put breath in it instead uh, of Stormlight? Thinks I think you can put breath in a gem in the same way that you put stormlight in a gem. So obviously you can store the breath in the fabric of the gem in the same way that you would store a breath in, let's say, a piece of cloth or anything. Mm-hmm. But I think you can also put the breath if you can get it out of you without like giving it right. Because mm-hmm. every time you have a breath leave your body you are giving it to something or someone so if you can just extract that then i think you can put it in a gem in this like force like to to act as a battery i i think no, you I could that. do that mm-hmm. but i don't think that that would make it a fabriel I, th- I think it would power a fabriel because i know that brandon said you could have you could be having or like hold breath and it you'd be able to use uh surge binding and it would feel it, it, it easily, sorry so let me be specific yeah. it could power a fabriel but you would need some sort of spren or spren like thing to make that work you that's oh, a yeah. really important yeah. thing yeah, but I like yeah say. sure it, Un- th- unless maybe a divine breath would work different that's true yeah maybe that what if you what if you put it in with a command though and that's providing the cognition for it <gasps> oh my goodness <laughs> that, that talk about a talk that about can a can of worms oh my yeah. goodness oh. What? You, you know what? I don't know. Yes. I think what would be interesting is if you just take a gemstone and leave it out on Taldane on Dayside. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, because the, the, the sun itself the is sun invested. carries yeah. the investiture, yeah. Yeah. And it's the, the, like the microbes are like essentially storing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Autonomy light. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue quite, quite as much quite. as the stormlight. Third light, independence light. light. Sa- sand light is good. Sand light, I like that. That's good. 
only works with diamonds because it has to be white because color is important easy um, color is important the cosmere that's and right and apparently so are gems yeah clearly, clearly. all right uh questioner i never understood why vin couldn't hold the ruin shard brandon i could see a world where vin maybe could have done it but the trajectory she was on was opposed to it vin could have understood and become it but what are the things that are keeping her? Vin, I don't think, accepts, number one, that decay has to happen. She's experienced it a lot, but there's that piece inside of her that doesn't want that to happen, doesn't want things to change, does not want people to leave her. I think that would be, if you read through, that's the sole sort of center event is, don't leave me, don't go away, don't change. And this is diametrically opposed to Ruin. People focus on the fact that she's good at killing, and she is, but that heart, that soul, Ruin is more about things changing and decaying than even about destroying. Questioner, and I guess that's the reason why she can hold preservation very easily. Brandon, yes. That's cool. This is deep stuff in this in this question. Yeah. This is real deep. Okay, firstly, do you need to accept that decay needs to happen to hold ruin? Because I was under the impression that that was more of an Ati thing. That Ati like kind of resigned that uh ah yes, things must decay. And, like, maybe a different vessel holding Ruin would be more malevolent and just, like, be more destruction-y. Um, well, it's it's an... In- we, we are putting words on uh, an inherently very, like, nuanced intent. Yes. Yes. intent, right? Yes. And so decay is one of those words. Yeah. But it's not... It's not like even decay on its own has different meanings. Yeah. It can be the natural decay of things after they die. It could be as things are living, they decay and progress towards death. It could be the active like destruction of things around you. And so I've always focused more on the change aspect sure. of, of ruin. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in that context, Finn doesn't like change very much totally Um, and i really like that question but i guess i'm more just i'm connecting it back to how much connection did the original vessels need to get the shards and what about like say zed right like Mm -hmm. that's still like so vague for me and weird yeah i think it does say a lot about say zed though that he must have if this is what brian's saying you need to be aligned with these intent intents at your core that he had changed a lot if he was able to take up both, you know, with his his dark period in Hero of Ages. I guess that's true. The things have to change. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He is a conflicted and conflicting character, right? Because uh, inherently you have to be you have to be in a really weird headspace to fundamentally think that things should stay the same, but also fundamentally think that things should change. Yeah. Right? Probably why he's having so much trouble. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Sit, sitting on two shards worth of power, and it's like, well... Secret history really just kind of glossed over that. It's like, oh, Seizad's had a rough time, and then they, they just left it like, at, like that, right? I'm like, that doesn't answer any of my questions here at all. Well, the, the implication, I think, has always been that the very nature, by, by the very nature of being a ferrochemist, the act of push and pull, change and stasis, like balance, diametrically balance, harmony. Right. Um, 
have have always like has always been a, a fundamental thing to him. And so maybe ferrochemists would, it, on a whole, be naturally more able to to ascend to something like harmony or something like, as some people have speculated, discord or um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've they've speculated discord, <laughs> mm-hmm. as opposed to one or the other, like the both. It would be easier for Frekos. Okay, yeah, I like that. Wow. And then, how much of that actually goes into specifics like change or decay or stasis? That may vary. Yeah, yeah. And it, it and it is still definitely like more complicated because we know the well was supposedly some kind of tuning or like a tuned fin to be able to take up the jar. <sighs> yeah, I wish yeah. that hadn't been in there because that definitely complicates things. But <laughs> yeah, given what we just discussed, well, argued about with the well of ascension, it's like wow, there's a lot of shardic weirdness occurring on Skadrial that we we thought was like oh yeah that makes sense, but as we come back, it's like wait a minute. What? Wait, what? Those are some deep, deep rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. Yeah. Do you do you want to go into another rabbit hole with this next question? Oh boy. This one's uh, real spice. Uh this questioner asked In the Trinity novel, is it inaudible perpendicularity in a specific place, or does it have to do with a set of circumstances? Brandon. Trinity does not have a perpendicularity. What? Brandon, the way to travel to on there has specifically to do with the fact that a shard was killed nearby. Whoa! This is this is this is crazy. So right. before we even unpack this, okay, it is I believe in Chris's essay on Threnody. Yes, that she talks about unstable perpendicularities in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, of a morbid origin. Okay. So that could be all Brandon is saying here. There isn't a perpendicularity. There are like perpendicularities come in and out of existence mm-hmm. because so, the shard is dead. Brandon's saying yeah. there's not a stable perpendicularity like the other perpendicularities. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that eliminates like half of weird stuff. It feels. It fills half of the rabbit hole. Yeah, 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 it does, it does. That helps. <laughs> now, the other half, the way to travel on there has specifically to do with the fact that a shard was killed nearby. I guess I just thought that ambition died elsewhere, but I guess that, I guess that's not the case. I guess... I mean, well, it, it definitely it died elsewhere. Like, it left the system for sure. Huh. Because it was killed, quote, in another place. Or the final splintering occurred in another place, for sure. Mm. I don't I don't know. I've 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 never been able to to make up my mind on how to interpret that. Mm-hmm. Like, does that mean just in interplanetary space within the same solar system? Right. Does that mean outside of that solar system? Um, I, think- I don't think we can go like too far beyond because then it just yeah. like it it gets disconnected. Yeah, because it was like an essay about the system, I took it as outside of this system. Mm. But hmm. I think my initial read was they kind of battled on the planet, um, perhaps similarly <laughs> to uh, uh, to Cell. Yeah, sure. 
and then mm-hmm. ambition left and like kicked the bucket in the upper atmosphere or something or like they, between the planets. The clash definitely took like took place in the space outside of Threnody. It did not happen on Threnody. Hmm. Like from the if I'm recalling the quote correctly from the actual it essay. Yeah, I can pull it up if we want. Let's do it. It's all right. Video. It's like my it was my favorite essay in all of our Canon Unbounded. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When when Brandon just like, oh, this is where the shard ambition. Whoa, 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 whoa. New shard. <laughs> Wait, that. hold up. Hold up here. <laughs> just like that. Hold up. Okay. Here we go. The direct clash between two shards of Aiden Nauseam had a profound effect on the planets of this system. Though the actual battle took place in the vast space between planets, and though the true contest happened mostly in other realms, the ripples of destruction and change washed through the system. Odium clashed with and mortally wounded the shard ambition here. Ambition would later be splintered, though that final act took place in a different location. Oh, and it yeah. says that, and it opens with the Threnodite system as a site warped by an ancient conflict. So I feel like it happened outside of the Threnodite system. Mm, that does suggest that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe like okay. Maybe Brandon oh, in no. this word of Brandon is more being like, hey. If there's these warped like pieces of ambition and shard stuff that splintered off, maybe Brandon's just like simplifying a shard killed and it's just a result of that conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, rather than like, like yeah. Brandon being literal, it, ambition died there. Yeah. I think it's an oversimplification, not Brandon being wrong, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, yeah, right, yeah. right. I, I, yeah. That seems more likely. All right, cool. I will just just peek into a can of worms real quick, and then okay. we're gonna close the can of worms. Okay, okay great. We're not we're not opening that can. Okay. Yeah. Brandon doesn't say ambition. <laughs> okay, that, that's a on. very different can of worms. Yeah, but that that that, <laughs> that sounds unlikely. But uh, yes, yes, it does. The essay says uh, investigations in how this changed the battle. Uh, the other planets of the system have been fruitless as none of them have perpendicularities to allow physical visitation. So it's not that it was an unstable perpendicularity. Uh, that is interesting that oh, no, they later. don't also have unstable perpendicularities on their planets. Like There is something yeah. specific about Threnody. Oh, right, right. Sorry. At the end, they say, unfortunately, visiting the planet is difficult as there's no stable perpendicularity only very unstable ones that cannot be predicted easily and have a somewhat morbid origin. That that morbid origin's weird if Chris is just opening with the conflict with ambition, but maybe you like need to do something that is morbid or something to like That's form one of these. My interpretation. Yeah. Like we, just... ha- we have an unstable perpendicularity now. Otter's perpendicularity. For one thing. Yeah. Is it unstable yeah. in the same way? Uh, I mean, it, it's unstable and that it is not a pool that you just jump in like all the other perpendicularities, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There there could be similarities between the Threnodite ones and Honor. Honor is dead uh, as well. But uh, yeah. I've always kind of just assume that it is like when a shade is being created, there is some sort of thinness to the realms there. So when someone is killed by a shade and they're becoming a new shade, you can kind of huh. slip through around there. Huh. But, Perhaps. Hmm. But that also seems like 
Threnody is weird in that Brennan says there's a lot of ambient investiture around, which is why people end up becoming shades, but also it's a minor shard world, so there's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a low-power planet. Well, so. it, it, there's no invested art, but there's investiture around. But mm-hmm. Yeah. But like there's no but like there's a there's a bunch of shattered shard chunks on cell and there's a lot of investiture floating around. So you know. Uh, yeah, but the application of what Yeah, it's not the same. I, I imagine I on Threnody, I, I think on Threnody you would have, so like, ambition would essentially disperse everywhere. And so you have this, let, let, you can think of it as, as a massive cloud of investiture and like body parts of ambition that uh, maybe it's in outer space. And then whenever the planets in the Threnodite system pass through it, you get weird things. Or maybe it's like meteors, investiture meteors raining down on the planet. Uh, or maybe they are just on the planet itself, right? But well, they are kind well. of free sources of investiture. Whereas on cell, most of it is actually just contained in the cognitive realm. Mm, I guess in my, well, in my head, though, he said that they, there's enough background investiture that people are turning into cognitive shadows. So that's like why that happens. And so... That in my head, that means there is probably more background investiture floating around than even there is on cell, which doesn't necessarily make any sense. But doesn't happen on cell. People don't die and turn into cognitive shadows because when there should be plenty, and maybe that's um, because that's in the cognitive realm, and there's not enough in Renardi's cognitive realm, or maybe that that's what I think is the case. Yeah. There could be a lot of different. There could be a lot of weirdness with how that battle shook out and how much like investiture like was just shoved into the physical realm because to be honest shards don't usually shove a lot of power into the physical realm let's be real uh and if it's doing that in sorry and shards usually do that in a specific way if like odium's creating an ever the everstorm right Mm -hmm. like that that's a very specific kind of construct there's like the mists. But if this is happening in a conflict, then like maybe it's just weird because the shard is just like, I'm just shoving power to like resist this other shard and stuff. Uh, and so then it just, the application is different than these careful constructs that we see shards usually do. Yeah. You can, you can make up almost any kind of oddity. <laughs> For yeah. that conflict, it, like, it really is. They're battling. They're battling in the spiritual, and then whenever the two sources of investiture collide, they get super dense and create the mini perpendicularities. Some of it just like squirts out into the physical. What a hype essay in Arcanum Unbounded. <sighs> that that essay is so hype. Just like, oh yeah, the ancient battle with Odium and Ambition. Crazy. The what now? <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Let's go on to the next one though. Uh, because honestly, we could do a Threnody podcast as well. There's so many podcasts that we could do. Uh because yeah. has a lot there. So this questioner asks: So you read the prologue, so that's the prologue of Stormlight 4 that uh we talked about in the last episode. Does that imply that the guy with the rings, the steward with the rings, are those spherical chemical rings, or am I going to get raffoed? Brandon, to no one's surprise, says, 
You're going to get raffled so fast. You're going to get raffled so fast. So fast. And so, uh, I mean, hard for me to imagine a steward with rings where Brandon mentions the rings twice is not a fair chemist. It's really hard for me to justify it, that. He all. like fiddles with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah, else could I that mean? really, really don't like him as the ferrochemist. But it's also like <laughs> you didn't you didn't need to to put steward and rings <laughs> together. Yeah. It's like you Brandon knows we're not dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. You could have had a steward. Brandon. You could have had a guy with the rings who's not a steward. But together. He just has to have written that so many times that I feel like he'd write it and be like, oh, that's kind of like Mistborn. And then be like, oh, you know. It's like, <laughs> I'm doubling down. It's a world hopper. Easy. Yeah. Just add it to the list of random people that Gavilar's assassination. It's just like, oh, yeah, and there's that Ferrochemist that one time. Like, ah, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? All yeah. the heralds, a Ferrochemist, Mraes was probably in there. Let's, let's put in some um, Amians. Let's, uh, sure. you know. Um,. <laughs> Maybe the Don Shard that we both saw and didn't see is in that uh, prologue with Gav oh. the Night Gavilar Oh, died. that's the Black Sphere. Easy. Done. And it, it just transformed because now there's a void light in it. It makes sense. Easy. Bring it back. <laughs> hey. Terrible. Made this. Terrible. All right. Two more to go. I'll, I'll save us from this. Yeah. Uh, somebody brings up Steelheart because they're a fan. And Brandon says, interestingly and very surprisingly to me, yeah. that um, he has a little bit more work in that world. Uh, probably some audio originals for Audible, which he's working on right now. Oh, great. I can't wait to not listen to them because I don't listen to audio <laughs> things. Fantastic. It's also <sighs> Reckoners, which. Yeah. Reckoners is fine. cool. It could be cool. Uh, I know he always had talked about writing like a second bridge novella between two and three in the same way Mitosis was between one and two. Oh, yeah. So maybe this is that. That just seems like a weird time to do that now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's a Mizzy maybe, novella. Yeah. Maybe he's said that. working on this in the sense that like he's negotiating things and like planning and things like that, but not actually writing the script. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Are there, yeah. are there audible... What are Audible originals like? Is can it be any length? Does anyone have any idea? It's a it's an audiobook that you can only get on Audible. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So that could be it. anything. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I think it Amazon. may also be I think it may also be the kind of book that doesn't exist as a physical print or an ebook. Like it's just an audiobook. But I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Hmm. Not excited. No. Not excited. <laughs> I like, I just, I, I can't focus on audiobooks at all. Like, I just, I, it's, I have to focus enough. And if I'm focusing that much, I might as well read at my own pace. Like, it just is irritating. What I am excited about, however, is the next question. All right, David, oh, end us up. David. Let me wrap up with my favorite thing, white sand. Oh, <laughs> white sand. There we go. Or maybe Dark Sand now. Uh, Twister. Talbane, are you going to do something with Dark Side? Brandon, yes, we are actually. Now that we have more experience with graphic novels, we're going to do probably 
a dark side, three more graphic novels that are going to be kind of more focused on Chris. Uh, questioner, will there be a prose for that? Brandon, there will probably not be a prose for it. <laughs> Don't get face. too excited, David, in reading this. I will this. probably do Taldane novels in the future, but I can't <laughs> promise them. For now, we are just going to do the graphic novels. They take a lot less time for me. We're going to see how it works out. There are certain things we like and certain things we don't like, and mostly it's our fault, right? Not getting across some of the world building to the artists and things like that. We are gaining a lot of experience, but I don't plan on a prose dark side novel anytime soon. What Maybe, do you think about that, David? I think that reading that, I now think that they shouldn't have put one of Brandon's weakest unpublished novels in an entirely new format for the very first time. <laughs> that seems like that we now can like with our 2020 hindsight to go, oh, well, well, that makes sense why it didn't go perfectly. But I'm excited. Like, I legitimately me, am. Let me disagree with you on that one because I actually agree with Brandon's reasoning on this. He was like, I would like to try graphic novels, but I don't have the time to like sit down and write something that's going to be one, up to my standards, and two, designed specifically for a graphic novel. Yeah. So this white sand thing, I've got it written down. I can just give it to them. They can do all the work. I've already done my part. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work out, tough. But chances are, I probably wouldn't have had time to polish that and publish yeah. it myself. It, or it makes sense in that way, but not in the way that you want to turn out like an incredible product. Like if you wanted to knock your first yeah. graphic novel out of the park, that wasn't what you wanted to do. I don't. I don't in my opinion, what they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I think they just wanted to tell the story and like show the world. So I know Ian's always liked the idea of more graphic novels for White Sand, which makes <laughs> sense that uh, he will be pleased that it is in the same medium. Maybe they'll turn out better, but um, yes. What, what, Grace? What do you think? I, I do, I do want to get to see more of Taldane, so that is exciting. Yeah. If we get to see that as a graphic novel, it it doesn't say anything about the company that they're going to do this with, because aren't they already working with different companies for Dark like One. White Sand and Dark they One? Are. So yeah, cross your fingers. <laughs> I can't possibly imagine they're going to do Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, there have been delays. There have been issues with the artists. There have been issues with the art. Uh, just the quality of the dialogue, like the, the prose to graphic novel adaptation, right, has been questionable. So I imagine we are going to see Dark Side from a different publisher. And and I'm and I'm happy to no longer have Chris in the hands of Dynamite. <laughs> Do you think they'll turn out better if something is being created afresh and could maybe be more colorful than it's like, hey, it's sand. Uh that like would the script be better or worse, do you think? I think I better. think better? That now that they're know what they're writing for, like if, if they're writing true. a script with this That's is going to be a graphic novel That's in mind, then it's going to be better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, that's just incredible. That's, that's inconceivable to me that you could try to write for a graphic novel and have it turn out worse. But It's also the fact that they now know how the process goes yeah. much better. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the infamous boombox was there because Isaac didn't realize the artist, or 
rather the the line art artist drew something uh with like just lines black and white and isaac approved that and then the colorist assumed that thing was a boombox and so or like a radio okay um and and so they they colored that as a radio so miscommunications like that and and i not this specifically, I think, but something like that, I think, is what Brandon is referring to when he goes um, not getting across some of the world building to the artists and things like that. Or like, mm-hmm. why there are horses on, yeah. on in Lausanne. Or like, that's you mean the ceiling Dragon fan Steel. and the Lord Master's <laughs> office? That's my favorite right, part. Right, right, right. That's to an extent Dragon Steel not communicating the vision of the world to dynamite entertainment clearly enough to tell them that hey in this desert i i I know there are other deserts out there but in this desert there are no horses or ceiling fans yeah boom boxes and i do and like to be entirely fair i think that does kind of show the difficulty of creating an entirely original world is that things we take for granted and that we we would we wouldn't notice stand out if you are really looking at it so artists people don't would take that as a shorthand it's like oh yeah i mean then sure why not let's like, put a ceiling fan in and then you're like oh wait there's no you know you have to be always do thinking that. does this make sense what so. what would someone's bedside table be on mm-hmm. this totally different world and like, yeah. that's not well, that's easy. tricky or, it's hard or yeah. like imagine Imagine you're putting together a graphic novel that takes place on Roshar and you're portraying <laughs> a, a man's let's say bedroom or whatever if you weren't paying enough attention you might put a book there mm-hmm. and yeah. you shouldn't right and so things like that yeah. and in that sense dark side graphic novels could be easier than day side because they do have more advanced technology that's true so it, it's that's where it came from the boom yeah. yeah everyone knows doesn't that. have to be as careful perhaps mm-hmm. it's also much darker so you can just like make ah. everything nearly invisible and just like <laughs> yeah. vague shapes. And lines. Yeah, and Great. it's supposed to be like the it's supposed to be really like you know they're supposed to be very colorful and kind of you know if you saw the James Cameron's Avatar like nighttime yeah, Pandora. Like that. Ass. So I think yeah. that'll like that will look really good if they can pull off those kind of visuals. Like that, it'll be more exciting than sand. The colors, yeah, that sounds just inherently more interesting than it's like. Hey, the Sandmaster is wearing white or on white sand. Wow, incredible. We got a blue sky with a wow, single cloud. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I mean, it, no, it's I, fine. But Dark Side would be amazing with like the low key light and the bioluminescence. And yeah. uh, at one point, Chris notes that um, Darksiders wear way more vibrant and colorful clothes. Um, they have their sky colors. Whatever that means, like yeah. whatever that means, yeah. But there, there are probably some colors in the sky, which is great. Um, they also have a lot more factions and cultures and countries in there. Even yeah. though everything's under dynasty, you have at least like six or seven named nations with distinct like cultures in there. Whereas on day side, you have three. Are you forgetting about Talon and Nor Talon and <laughs> the fifth country that's over there on this side? Sevis? It's Sevis, actually. They're, they're the, I'll have you know the, whose capital how? is Revan and his king Revan spelled differently than the city Revan. I'll have you <laughs> no. know. The rim 
kingdoms, aren't that the Rim what kingdoms? That's right, the Rim kingdoms. They yes, the Rim kingdoms are a thing. Yes, I wrote some of those articles. It's like ah, Revan, the king of Sebus, one of the Rim kingdoms, capital Revan with an other e. How could I possibly forget about these things? <laughs> I know. It's what's his face. I I will never have time differentiating between John Akron and Sindel. <laughs> We're definitely different people. And not just the same two-headed ogre who talk with yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue flip made it just completely impossible. Like, I was like, oh, I do not know which one of you is which. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know if you were um on on one of the recent episodes I was in, David, I don't know if you were here, I mentioned mm-hmm. that even in the graphic audio, I cannot differentiate between them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think in the in the last like couple of hours that I've listened to because I've like I'm trying really hard to to differentiate between them. I think I've picked up on like a couple of things that that tell me this is Cinder, this is John Akron. But I'm not sure because 80% of the time is just dialogue between the two and there's no as you know, John Akron, or as you know, Cinder, and like things like that. Cinder's so, the cool one. He's the he's the one who actually has he's the linguist. The other one is the goofball, who's the anthropologist. John I Akron. couldn't remember. I, yeah. I honestly I, I, couldn't remember. I think it gets better in volume three. There's okay. okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to actually read that. So gotta Wait, do that before next. I what I have not read the prose. Uh, I'm like no, halfway it, through volume three. Okay. So I don't know, I don't know what got changed or what I can. It talk would about. be nice to end on a high note relative to the other ones, <laughs> being yeah. like maybe better than mediocre. Like that'd be nice, you know. Like oh no, that's that's a good ending. Yeah, okay, cool. That'd be nice. So we'll see, and you'll see next week yeah. when we yeah, talk. You'll about hear our opinions, it. and not next week, but I mean two weeks from now. But we'll record it next week for us. So there you go. You'll see in the future. In the future. All right. Well, holy crap. We talked a lot. Uh, let's go to who's that Cosmere character. This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tien. Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for who's that Cosmere character. Call. So, listeners, you know how the game is played. You send an email to who's that or WTCC at 17thshard.com, and we may read the clues aloud on air. And after each clue, our panels will get a chance to guess who's that Cosmere character. Like you just put May there. That's, that's smooth. <laughs> Let, Grace, let's just do one today because this is taking yeah. a long time. All right. This one was sent in by Mason Wheeler. All right. Hmm. Clue one, this character practices a magic system. Okay. Kenton. Not Kenton. Dryle. Oh. What? It's not Dryle. Rayadin, because he has to actually practice. (laughs) Clue two, this character has lost a loved one. Vasher. That's never happened. It's not Vasher. Praxton. It's not Praxton. It's got all the Sandmasters out of here. <laughs> Kenton. No, I already guessed that. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah, that was my first guess. 
Oh, well, I just, I just knew you wouldn't get it. No. Um, like like uh, most no, white sand things, it just passes. Zoof. <laughs> I guess we'll have to guess Dalinar. <laughs> it is not Dalinar. Damn. Clue three. This character lives in a land they were not born in. Galadon. It is not Galadon. Lives in a land. A remarkable uh, lack of Rosharan guesses today. Yeah. What about... I'm trying to think of one of Kaladin's squires, because a lot of them are foreign. And they oh, practice magic. okay, right. Like, okay, what, about, yeah. like, what about, like, Sigzil? Has he lost somebody? I'm just going to guess Sigzil. It is not Sigzil. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I was interpreting this we, as world hoppers, but I think you're, that's a good call. Oh. They don't uh, we, don't, we don't know of, like, any tragic backstory to Sigzil. Yeah. Unless you count like him losing Hoyd. Yeah, because... I was just gonna say him and Hoyd, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got an idea now. <sighs> I don't know. Uh I don't think this person has a magic system though. I'm just gonna say felt. It is not felt. Yeah, he doesn't have a magic system. This character was one of the first to witness a magical effect. What about rock? It is not rock. Okay. Huh. That is a very interesting clue. Spren returning is definitely a thing. A, a magical event? Effect. Oh, effect. Ooh, hmm. that could be so many things. Like, I'm thinking, like, Serene seeing Raiden with the Aeon when he gets yeah, that yeah. to work. That's kind of an But she just, wasn't... But she's magic. not magic. Like, and not only she's not magic, she's not one of the first ones. Like, Raylan was one of the first ones to witness that. No, she was uh, in the room, though. Like, he lit, then he light the bookcase on fire, like, with her standing there. And they were like, oh my gosh, an Aeon. Yeah, but, but she doesn't have magical powers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> what was clue two again? Lost a loved one. Lost a loved one. Oh, man. That's why I guess Rock, because his family's dead. Or at least his extended family. You know what? I'm going to go with of- Diloph. It is Diloph. Oh my gosh. Hey. I like how we were all like guessing like Elantrasy <laughs> things. I'm like, that's a good idea. That's I don't. Point. He was one of the how first to witness he... Elantras. He, his, his wife, wife. His wife died. She was attempted to be healed by mm-hmm. the Elantrian, but it went wrong and she became the Hoed before Elantras yep. fell. Okay, yep. so it's the, it's the Hoed that's the magical yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. effect. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 what, what, what did you, what did you say, Afghan? She, in, in, in the attempt to heal her wife, the Elantrians turned her into something very similar to the Hoid, like the heal mm-hmm. was incomplete. Yeah. And so she couldn't live with this constant pain and she killed herself. Like yeah. that is the magical effect that he, he was one of the first ones to witness. Oh, uh, uh, not I the figured. city of Elantris itself. Lots of people had seen the city of Elantris. Oh, I don't think anyone's saying the city of Elantris. I'm saying his wife. Like, he was one of the first ones to see a Hoed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. You're saying, you saying that right. her death was somehow the event. And I was like, I don't think her no, death was. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. No. He's decor. The, All right. The, the Hoedness. Mm-hmm. And, and what's Clue 5? Clue 5. This character is officially evil. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's fair. Diloph it, is like one of the only characters that Brandon has ever said this guy is evil. Like, if you're gonna 
the old Brandon villains, it's like, wow, that guy's real evil. <laughs> like, yeah. there's yeah, not yeah, a lot of shades of gray. There's no subtlety. Like, well, I mean, the wife dying is some cool backstory. Like, it is cool for what it is, but there's not a lot of shades of gray of Diloph. He's just like, he hates no, Elantris no. a lot. Why? No, Diloph's bad. Yeah. But, but pretty much everyone else but him is at least a little bit nuanced. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. Diloph yeah. is interesting, even despite him being... He's more than just a mustache-twirling yeah. villain, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. villainous. <laughs> he's got, you know, he's like, he's not a bland person, but he's just not got a he lot of He has a motivation. motivation. You could say he has passion. <laughs> Odium was on cell then? Confirmed? <laughs> it is confirmed. <laughs> it is confirmed, in fact. Every every time the word passion shows up in That's text. right, that's right, that's right. Very passionate. It was Odium directly <laughs> causing that event to occur. No. Yeah. All right, everyone. Cool. Thank you all for watching. Uh, we'll do more Who's That Cosmic Characters later. But this episode's really long. So follow us at for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever hope for. You can... F- Find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Uh, you can f- message us on Discord. Join our Discord server. You can leave us a review on iTunes and support us on Patreon. And we will see you all next time. Peace. Bye. I have car paint. <laughs> Bye. Car.